welcome to the Vine Podcast. This is Warren, and today we are going to spend some time thinking about and talking about the online worship experience. We announced this weekend that we are going to come back to in-person worship gatherings again on October 11th, and we are excited about that. We're ready for that. It's been a long journey. We've kind of had another time where we ventured back into meeting in person and then had to start back online again after numbers uh, went up again after that part, after that point. And so we are, are ready to, to sort of get back at it on October 11th. And as, as many or all of us are ready to kind of get that going again and are ready to, to be together in that space again doing that, Today we also want to kind of recognize there may be there may be aspects of the online worship experience that we will miss. And so we're going to kind of kick that around in in conversation today because we think there may be uh some things that we can carry forward, some things some lessons that we can learn and some aspects of of this season that can can be helpful and beneficial for us going forward. And so that's kind of what we're going to kick around today. Some things that we might miss from the online worship experience and and what that may mean for us going forward. And so here to have that conversation with me today, I am joined by a couple of familiar conversation uh, participants, partners in our podcast. Rachel is back today. Hello, Rachel. Hey, hey, Warren. I'm excited. All right. And returning after a couple of weeks of behind-the-scenes-only work this week is Jason. So hello again, Jason. Hey, I'm glad to be back. It's uh, been a while, and, and honestly, I've missed having these weekly conversations, so I'm glad to re-engage. So. Yeah, we're, we're glad for you to be back with us and appreciate all the work that you do in putting putting together all the audio and everything else for, for all of these conversations. Yeah, it's actually kind of fun because even when I'm not on the podcast, like I haven't been uh, lately, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to get a sneak preview. I feel like I'm like in an elite group that gets to listen to the <laughs> podcast before everybody else. So even when I'm not on, so um, I don't mind that too much. <laughs> <laughs> That has to be like the least elite of elite groups. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's I was thinking. That's the bottom rung of elite groups. <laughs> hey, hey, it, so let me have that, all right? <laughs> all right, well, uh, I've, I've been thinking about a few things this week as as we have kind of been moving back toward a date to, to come back together. And so there there have been a few things that have kind of been on my, on my mind and, and kind of uh, just in my thoughts and all those things. And one thought that I had is that it was, it's interesting to me that if you look at just kind of, you go back across the whole spectrum of, of basically everything since March. Uh, so March 8th was, was sort of our last Sunday morning gathering before all the COVID stuff really hit. And, and we paused our, our in-person gatherings and there were 14 Sundays between that gathering on March 8th and when we came back in person on June 21st. And we met for two Sundays then and then before we had to press pause again and and started going back to online only. And interestingly, 
There are 14 Sundays between when we stopped gathering then, after June 28th, and October 11th. Wow. Are you kidding me? I did not realize that it was that symmetrical. I didn't either. And does it seem like one of those periods was longer to to you? Oh, yeah, actually it does. It feels like Which, the first one was longer. See, it did to me too, and I was I was surprised with that. And I'm sure that was because it was all new at that point, and now it just feels like this is just kind of I don't. This is almost the way that just life has been for much of this year. I mean, that's 28 Sundays without an in-person gathering is you know more than half a year of Sundays and. Mm-hmm. Just thinking back even to that first, you know, I remember, I guess that would be March 14th, which is the Saturday before that first gathering that we canceled. There were all kinds of conversations about should we or should we not? And I guess maybe it was Friday. It was Friday or Saturday. And just thinking back now about the the amount of, of thought that went into whether or not we should cancel one. And now here we are after 28 Sundays of <laughs> online only services. Um, that seems like a just a drop in the bucket that seemed like a big deal at the time. Um, but so I was kind of thinking about that and just, man, we, we've been in this season for a while now and we've reflected on, on several aspects of this kind of season of life. And even just thinking back about podcasts that we've done, I look back on a couple of the podcasts that we've done. Jason and I had a conversation about sort of reflections, uh, on gathering in person again after our initial, um, kind of return in June and then we also in August uh, did another podcast sort of reflecting on on the season in general of, of worshiping online. And so this will be sort of a continuation of some of those conversations. But I, I feel like a lot of of what we talk about sometimes, I mean, we talk about lessons that we want to learn from this season, but we also talk about being ready to be back and, and those sorts of things. And we are ready to be back and we're looking forward to that and looking forward to to some of the things that we have been missing about worship. But I do think... And this actually came from a, a comment that, that Rachel made in, in a conversation that we were having yesterday, that there are things that, uh, that I know at least I will miss about the online worship experience. And so I thought it would be interesting to sort of kick some of that around today and see if, if, if uh, the two of you at least have similar thoughts and, and then what we might can take from that and, and apply forward from that. So I've I've got some ideas, but I'll throw it open to to either of you to see if you have thoughts of maybe what what will you miss from from online worship and from this season of of doing worship together online. What will you miss, and what lessons might you take from that, or what lessons might might we take as a community from that? If either of you want to start, I'll I'll stop talking for a while and give you a chance. Well, I'm coming from a different perspective on this because. All of what I know of the Vine is online except for one in-person worship service and a few meals with people. So my list of what I'm going to Yeah, I thought you would have an interesting perspective. Is quite long. Well, and even even the one even the one worship service was yeah. a pseudo kind of video right. worship service, right? So I have a lot that I'm going to miss. Um, I'm going to miss the relaxed Sunday feel. I've been waking up and making breakfast for my family, and then we all take our breakfasts with our paper plates to the couch and eat there as we watch services. (laughs) Um, I'm going to miss, we've been doing sort of a marathon of church services, like kind of all Sunday, but especially Sunday morning. Um, And so 
uh, another church um, in Houston we watch at 9 a.m. and then we had like a little prayer time together at least once and then we had the vine at 10 15 and another one another one so we were like holy rollers on Sunday just got you know one after another after another (laughs) oh I'm gonna miss diverse elements for communion because um, some days I might, someone might be having wine and somebody else might be having cranberry juice. It's kind of whatever you find in the, in the fridge. Um, We've used limeade in our house, so. Lemonade? We've also used Cinnamon Toast Crunch for the body. <laughs> that's so good. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's happened. Yeah, I mean, if you say this is the body of Christ broken for you, it can still have the meaning. It's a little bit sweeter. Um, and this is credit to Warren and whoever else is working on the tech and audio, all those things. It's just the beauty and the seamlessness of the edited worship service when all the pieces and the parts are pre-prepared and they come together in this like flowing, you know, excellent quality that is probably more difficult to do in person because you just have you know, voices and you can plan, but it's, it's different. Um, so all those little details that make the service visually compelling and engaging, even the color fonts, like the synchronization of color or those intro videos, or you have like mountains and singing and I'm a really visual person. So those things are quite meaningful to me. Um, and so I would hope that when we come back into person, come back in person that there would be elements of beauty and visual things that continue to keep us engaged the way that that we had online um so i've got a lot more but i'll let somebody else say something well i'm glad to hear you say that it's sort of about the uh the visual elements because again that would be something you know some of those are elements that um that were typical of a sunday morning experience at at the vine you know those the videos that we have been using we they 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 had been probably at a different place in worship but but were still used and uh with that sort of intentionality and hope that that it it connects with people who are sort of visual and and experiential learners and worshipers Mm -hmm. and so that's good to hear and i want to spend well Okay, I'll, I'll come back to one of the things that you said there, though. But Jason, do you have any initial thoughts on, on things yeah. that you'll, you'll miss? So, um, I have to be honest. I will miss being able to sleep later and watch <laughs> worship in my, you know, whatever shorts and T-shirt I happen to be wearing. Uh, that's a small thing. It is not in any way, you know, pious or profound. But, yes, I will miss... Um, not, you know, having to take a shower and get dressed before worship service. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, part of when, when I think about this question, part of my response really has a lot to do with not so much things that I will miss, but I'm hoping we can better integrate into our uh, in-person worship. So I think about maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Yeah. yeah. So so some of the um, uh, racial and ethnic diversity that you've incorporated into worship, I think there's no reason why that can't continue. But I do think that that's something that uh, this time 
taught us how to deliberately look for. Um, I think you have spoken, Warren, about how, you know, in finding, uh, you know, videos and clips, uh, both for the worship service as well as for the kids' videos that have been done, um, that, you you know, you've become more mindful about looking for uh, more representational uh, videos and, and music. And I think that that's something that, that this time has taught us, um, or at least me, I shouldn't say us because I'm speaking primarily for myself, but, but me and, and I think Warren, you've identified with some of that as well. Um, I think uh, in terms of things that I will miss that may be difficult to replicate, uh, connecting with people through worship that are not geographically close to us. Um, I know that we've had some people in uh, the, you know, during the live premiere of the worship service that uh, are not necessarily in the Temple Belton area um, and who, you know, have been able to worship with us and, and engage with us from afar. I know when Bill and Kathy Knipe were with their daughter, Calissa, uh, in Tennessee, that they worshiped with us every Sunday morning. And Calissa was part of that. And um, I think she even participated in a scripture reading one Sunday morning, um, you know, even though she hasn't been, you know, she hasn't been a regular attendee at the Vine in many years, you know, since she left home. And I think that's that's been a really great experience. Again, you know, are there ways that we might be able to incorporate that into our in-person worship? Maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe we can use more technology and uh, networking and uh, video and that sort of thing. But it's definitely something that we hadn't had up to this point. And uh, that if we were to lose or that we were able to use this time, but and if we were to lose, I would miss. Um and, and I think also, you know, early on, one of the first sermons we had uh, on video was Michael Van Ice. Um, and he was able to record a video from uh, where he lives now and, uh, and speak to the vine and bring God's message uh, to us. And, you know, that was a really great thing. So I think um, bringing the community of believers worldwide into a smaller uh, scope, I think is something that has been wonderful about this time and something that that I would miss if we are not able to find ways to replicate that. I think finding ways to, um, I think just make the largeness of the world and the diversity of the world smaller and more accessible for the Vine community. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I will miss. I do think that, you know, because at the Vine, we we consider ourselves, and I think we are, a pretty open-minded group. And and even still, though, it's easy to just kind of get into our kind of our our standard mode of operation and and kind of to, when all you have is kind of one model of, of doing things, you kind of get kind of used to okay these are the options available to us mm-hmm. and and i think once we have had this time online it it has i think as you said opened up this kind of box of oh so 
there, there are a lot of different things that we could do and use and incorporate into a worship gathering. Right. And, and I do hope that, that, we, that we keep some of those going forward because I think, I think some of that has been helpful. And I think even from a standpoint of, you know, I think we've had a lot more, I think we've had people who may have been much more uncomfortable reading scripture or saying a prayer in a worship service who are able to do it over video and then incorporate that into one of our services. And even things like that, you know, could be things that we continue in some form. I don't know. I haven't fully thought through a lot of those types of things yet, but, but yeah, I hope it does kind of open up, open up some possibilities and, and, and give us some ideas going forward. And I wanted to return. There's several things in there that I want us to kind of think about as, as far as what it, what it looks like for us going forward, either as individuals who are worshipers or, or the community and kind of the, us as a community at the Vine. But I think it sounds like we all had on our list this idea of what Rachel called the relaxed Sunday feel and this idea that I don't really have to kind of um, you know, I can just roll out of bed, as Jason said, and, and go or something. Maybe that's not exactly what you said, Jason, but something along those lines. Uh, on my list, I had it as the casualness of self that I could kind of come to to worship personally with. And and that's connected to another thing on my list, because I think part of part of that is probably because of the role that I feel like I well, the role that I do fill on most Sunday mornings, and the role that I feel like I kind of have to embody because of that, and and now I can just be very casual and relaxed in my approach and and feel to Sunday morning, and and I think that makes me think about a lot of different things and sort of brings up a lot of conversations in my head, because on the one hand, I've heard other people speak of of one of the things that they have missed is, in this season, is sort of that that ritual of of getting ready and that idea of getting dressed on Sunday morning and everything that goes into kind of the idea of of getting ready for for worship and the drive to worship and all of that. And I, and I think there's value in that and and I think that is actually something else that that I may come back to in a minute. But on the other hand, the fact that all of us mentioned or or had in mind sort of this relaxed nature of how we were able to approach worship. It makes me wonder if it makes me like think of questions like, is there a pressure that we kind of put around the Sunday morning experience, whether it's around what we experience there or what we're putting together or how we come to it ourselves? Um, and, and maybe that's not the best way to ask it, but that's kind of how I'm thinking of it in this moment. Because I can remember, like I have this vivid memory as a kid of... And and my parents my parents were great and and I love my parents for the faith they instilled in me so don't hear this as too critical of my parents, but I remember us driving to worship one Sunday morning and me and my brother were fighting about something we end up just like crying you know we're crying before we get to the church building and my parents are both like, boys before we get in that church building y'all better put on a happy face right <laughs> this has to stay in the car and when we get into the church building we're this happy loving family. And, and I remember that and, and I, cause partly I think probably cause I feel that now, right? Like we just feel like there's stuff that we have to leave outside. And, and even if we have this kind of casual look to our gatherings in terms of how many people are dressed, I think we would look probably more casual than a lot of places. I think just culturally, at least for some of us, we still feel that like having to kind of put on our best or, or maybe cover some things up or leave some stuff outside 
And I wonder if some of that has just been removed by being able to just experience the worship from our home. Does that make sense? Or is that anybody have a thought on that? Yeah, it makes sense. I think that, yeah, we definitely have that in our culture of this expectation of you. We like to say come as you are, but it's not really like that in American church culture. Um, And that's why. And I think that's part of the reason we say it is because we want it desperately to be true, but we feel it in our gut that it's not. Well, I, I don't know. The cynical part of me thinks that a lot of people want it to be true. And then there are other people that want to think that they want it to be true, but they really want people to yeah. come the way they want the, <laughs> those people so. to come, you know. But I resonate, too, with the ritual of getting ready. I think that that is something that prepares my heart and mind. On Sunday mornings, like before the service, like if I'm going to church or online, I like to just listen to worship music or put like good worship YouTube videos playing in the house. And it kind of triggers something in my heart of like, okay, I'm going somewhere. Like there's a a preparedness that needs to happen. Um, So I am actually looking forward to having that mindset of I'm going somewhere for worship together Mm -hmm. with other people. And like, we're all getting ready (laughs) probably at the same time. And we'll all meet there at the same time. You know, I hearing you talk about that and, and now that I think about it, I... I have to admit that I've never been into that very much. <laughs> I always feel like, you know, I'm rolling out of bed as late as possible, taking a shower, putting on clothes that, you know, are reasonably <laughs> presentable, making my mug of coffee, and then, uh, ho- you know, hoping I can get to church without speeding too much, you know, on time. I have to admit that is typically my routine and has been typically my my Sunday morning routine for as long as I can remember. Um, having said that, I I admit, you know, that I'm the kind of person that I appreciate being in the right headspace for an activity or for something you're doing. I appreciate, um, you know doing things mindfully and intentionally in order to uh, honor and uh, put yourself in the right space to participate in what you're, what you're doing. And so maybe that's something that I need to be more mindful of. Um, I don't know that I've necessarily had that regarding, you know, Sunday morning in church for a number of years. Um, so maybe that's something that I need to to be more thoughtful about. Maybe I, you know, actually get up more than 20 minutes before I have to walk out the door. Good luck. <laughs> and I, I think that that's yeah. actually sort of connected, in, in my mind at least, in the way that I'm starting to think about it, connected to what we have been talking about with us, this idea of the casualness and the relaxed feel of what we've been able to experience at home. Because I think the connection there, at least in, in the way that I'm kind of thinking about it in my own head, is that it, again, this is just the way I'm sort of working this out in my head in real time. It seems like it doesn't take as much to kind of get me to a place of being ready to worship when, when I can do it from my house. And, and part of that is very specific to, to, I know, to me and my function within the worship service. 
because it's been much easier for me to be at peace in the worship gathering when everything is done. So like when I'm when we're in the worship time now, I'm not thinking about like my sermon or I'm not going over my sermon again in my head. I'm not worrying about is the person who's supposed to get up and do the prayer going to remember that they're going to do it and and what are they going to say and is it going to connect is it get connect with everything else and then by the time I sit down after the sermon I'm not thinking about all the things I wish I had said in the sermon as communion's happening and so I'm just able to be much more at peace in in that moment. But as as I kind of thought about that broadening out one of the things that I thought about was so what do I need to do to kind of put myself in that same peaceful kind of state going forward, what are some things I can do to kind of do that? And then I think there's connection for that for others. Like what, what do I, I think that's a question we could all ask ourselves. What do I need, what do, I need to do to prepare myself um, and to sort of, of be able to enter worship, not from this kind of false state of, of putting on a mask so that I appear like everything is great in my life, but from a place where I myself am am ready to worship, am at peace, and am receptive to what the Spirit might do within me and might do within us as, as a community in that time. And and so I almost feel like those like the two thoughts almost sounded contradictory to me, like how do I go about preparing myself and being intentional about that? Then also, hey, I like the 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 casual and relaxed nature of it where I can just get up and roll out of bed and, and be there and do it. But I think they are actually connected with this idea of of what goes into preparing and and making it to where I can approach this space from a place of peace and a and a place mm-hmm. of receptiveness. You know, I, I hearing you talk about your perspective um, is is always somewhat jarring because I think the average churchgoer and the average Christian um, does not appreciate how remarkably different. A Sunday morning experience is for a preacher and a preacher's wife. I will say that too uh, for Ashley. <laughs> oh sure, absolutely. Or preacher's husband, you wife know? or husband, preacher's spouse. <laughs> Thanks. One thing I absolutely love about Ashley is how you know, al- it, you know, allows herself to be her and you to be you. I have had clients when I uh, was in Houston um, and in full time therapy practice. I had a few clients who were, um, you know, pastors at various churches. Our center actually served as the um, EAP provider for the United Methodist Council of the greater Houston area. And so we would get a lot of pastors and their families who attended. And uh, I had one pastor actually say to me that Sunday morning was the least spiritually focused day of his week Mm. because it was so Mm -hmm. intensely scheduled and it was so regimented and it was just um, that he, he had to be on and on task, which disconnected him from his spiritual life. Yes. And he, and he saw that as a problem, you know, it's not that he was oblivious to that as a problem. Um, but but it was it, it really kind of affected me in the sense of recognizing, oh, you know what? The when I go to church and I see the the pastor up front, you know, giving a sermon that may be very spiritually affecting for me, um 
he may be in a very different place in that moment. And I think that was that was just very affecting for me. And um, and then another uh, client that I had was actually a couple that I saw it was a pastor and his wife. And she felt such intense pressure about being, quote unquote, the pastor's wife and how what what kind of role that that created for her. And I just remember and ever since then, I've just been incredibly mindful about how you know, when I'm working with a preacher or a pastor, I have to be intentional that I'm working with that individual and that their wife is not obligated to anything or their husband is not obligated to anything that they don't want to do. Um, and so that's why I appreciate Ashley, you know, like over the last however many weeks, um, you know, on Sunday morning, you know, I'm sure that her job has primarily been working with the four plus two kids that the two of you had at the house while you managed whatever crisis might happen with the YouTube video. Yes. Very accurate. <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah. And the times where we have gathered, you know, the two weeks where there we, where we did gather, she wasn't there. And frankly, I didn't expect her to be there because there were six children that, uh, that would have been, you know, probably more hassle than it was worth to get them up there. Um, and so that kind of stuff, I, I, I just have a different kind of appreciation for that, having, you know, met with some pastors in counseling around how the pressures and the challenges. I don't know. I, f I feel like I'm kind of going off on a tangent now, but, um, you know, your your Sunday morning experience with the video, I'm sure, has been very different than in person um, because the video is done. You're putting it up there. You're interacting. And and unless there's a major crisis regarding the video, which on a few occasions has happened, uh, you know, you're, you right. can just sit Absolutely. there and enjoy it. And yeah, there, there's a lot of different directions I could go with all that that you said, because it, it's, yeah, it's true. And, and there was, there was a time in our marriage where it was much more of a struggle for it. And, and as it sounds like you, hey, you have done with, with some couples, we, we kind of were helped through counseling. And luckily we were able to have some counseling sessions with a preacher's wife. So that was very helpful for us. Oh, fantastic. So, so that was helpful for both of us and for Ashley. But um, yeah, so we've, we've grown in that. Not that we do it great now, but I, I think that is part of our experience. And I think it's, you know, when, when I heard someone first mention that they, they missed that aspect of kind of getting ready for church on Sunday morning, I I hadn't thought of it like that before, but I did start to think about then. Like my Sunday morning experience is is getting up pretty early, uh, leaving the house pretty early, and uh, as some may know, I drive an unreasonable distance out of the way to get Dr Pepper from my preferred spot. Like I I, I could go to many other close places, but I I'm a um, Dr Dr Pepper snob, so I have to get it from specific spots. So. <laughs> So I drive. Yeah. I drive to Belton. That 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 mix the syrup and the carbonated Absolutely. water exactly right, and the carbonated water isn't too Absolutely. Over, it's a delicate mix. It's not under carbonated. Yeah. And so I drive it to is. Belton every Sunday morning and it. several weekday mornings now <laughs> to get my Dr Pepper and my donut from Shipley's because the Shipley's in Belton is just much better than the Shipley's in Temple, and so that drive. <laughs> Which that Shipley's, by the way, as you know, right. is like I'm a block right by your house, house most mornings. 
and I, yeah, I did. I, I didn't realize yeah. that you were there. They that know often. me at both of those locations now, and know my order at both. And um, <laughs> but that drive there and back on Sunday mornings, I don't think I had kind of connected fully how much of like a sacred time that was for me um, on on Sunday mornings, and that was kind of like this last moment of kind of silence and, and peace and going over stuff in my head before I knew everything else kind of started at the building. Because um, I like to get to the building first. Also, that's another thing about that I learned about introverts, that introverts do much better in group settings if you're the first one in the space and everyone else is coming into your space as, as opposed to you walking into a space that's already filled. So I like to be the first one at the building. And and so that's something that I have missed about the in-person stuff, but it's also a testament to what you were saying, Jason, that, that Ashley then has, has the duty of getting now both of our kids ready, you know, every Sunday morning that, that they come to church. So I have also appreciated that about, about Ashley. Um, well, and it would be, I, I, I think the one thing that I'm very mindful about is, you know, I think some churches have assumptions about, what the preacher's wife should be doing or should not be doing on Sunday morning. And, you know, and so I, I don't want to presume anything about that. And, you know, should she be teaching a Sunday school class and should she be coordinating the nursery? And I'm like, no, not <laughs> at all. We have plenty of people to do that. And, you know, she shouldn't feel any more obligated to do that than, you know, any other person at I the church. That- what you're talking about is it reminds me of something that has happened really well during this time of online, whereas it would have been easy as the minister for your face to be on everything, Warren, like for it to be like the Warren show, yeah. you know, but you've done. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that there were times where he and I would be talking and he would say, I feel I'm afraid that it's turning <laughs> into the Warren well, show and. And he was actively trying to work against that. From the services that I've seen, which is not all of them, I think it's been so incredible to see multiple faces, to hear multiple voices, and to feel this well-rounded communal worship experience that it's not just Warren or or his wife, preacher and his wife, but like the whole church worshiping together. And so that's something that I hope continues in person. I don't know what it was like before, but I hope there are ways to incorporate many voices and uh, to see so many people as active leaders in worship. I agree. Yeah. The irony is that, uh, so before we stopped in-person gatherings, like the final prayer of our worship service was, was a, a basically a shepherd's blessing where one of our elders would close out the service every time. And, and we liked what, what that kind of the consistency that that gave and, and that it gave our, our elders a very visible presence in every service but but what we noticed, what we had come to see is that it was really restricting opportunities to hear, you know, the majority of our congregation pray uh, or reflect on the service. And and so we had decided to to move in a direction that would incorporate more voices in that time, right around the time that we stopped doing in-person gatherings. Yeah. And so this provided sort of a natural way to sort of bring in other voices. And, and I do think that has been definitely a benefit of what we've been doing. And it's, and especially to hear children and youth too leading in worship, I think was super special. My, probably my favorite host was Isley hanging upside down from the tree. It was like, yes, like, 
like we all literally applauded in church at the watch and worship because it was so neat to see a child leading us in worship in a childlike way something that was meaningful to her yes that was that was wonderful i love that and also regan didn't tell i think i knew but uh aiden and carrie didn't know that regan was gonna be the host uh one sunday morning and she came on and uh, like Carrie, I think started like had te- tears come to her. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. About that, she wasn't expecting it. Oh, oh cool. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I agree that that the variety of voices has been good, and yeah, it is interesting to hear you use that that phrasing, uh, Rachel, because that is that did get better over time. And I think again, it was just kind of <laughs> at the beginning, it got it was like, well, we don't know how long we're going to be doing this. Let's just throw some stuff together. So I was doing kind of the intro part. And then the sermon, and then I had the idea to do kids. Well, Warren, time. Do you remember the first Sunday, the very first Sunday that we didn't meet? We just, you and I, just recorded a podcast and put right. it up. Do you remember that? I do. Which, which that was not, you know, <laughs> that, I don't know that that was the the best thing to do, but it worked for the time. Well, I again, the irony. So, <laughs> so much it just looks so different looking back. Because yeah. with that, what, what I ended up saying was, I was like, I don't want to go preach a sermon to an empty auditorium. Like, so Jason, if you want to meet me up there and we can have a conversation about the topic I was going to talk about, let's do that. And now here we are, you know, how many months later? And, and it's going to feel really weird going back to preaching in front of people again, because now I'm just used to, to preaching to a camera, using a teleprompter. Uh, I'm not going to have a teleprompter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you could so i don't know oh that feels that feels very jaded when you're doing it in person something feels cold and kind of disconnected about it to me if you're doing it in person yeah what if you're doing it on, online but i love in preaching is being able to actually hear the sounds in the reactions of people as you speak right. and see the looks on their faces right so i wonder if you're looking forward to that <laughs> yes i am uh, I am looking forward to it, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a jolt going back to it. But yeah, so I think you're you're right. We have gotten better as we've gone along about incorporating other voices, and I agree that that's been something that that has been good and and a benefit. Of and it. I I also think that it's something that we need to be mindfully intentional about going forward. I think what one thing I'm afraid of is that the lessons that we've learned during this time and the changes that we've identified are are good to retain and to build upon i'm afraid that um whether it's as an individual as a church as a society whatever the case may be that we may just fall back into old habits and i don't want that to happen and so that's that's one thing that i would um you know recommend that anyone listening to this think about is whatever lessons you've learned during this time whatever kind of growth you've seen is needed or would be appreciated um that we mindfully and intentionally um seek that out and retain those changes uh even once this time in our life has is over mm. i think one of the biggest things for me is open the church is open and that is something that Warren emphasized through multiple messages and I think we have to like get it into our minds that once we're back in the building it's not that that has become church now because the church was still open when the building was closed so now that the building is open church is not just the building but 
the people living the way of Christ at work, at home, in their communities, um, and gathering and being involved in each other's lives. And so I think that I hope we don't forget <laughs> that word open, the church is open, and we carry that into being back into the building. Well said. Agreed. So those are those are probably good thoughts to, to end us on today. I was just looking over the list of kind of things that I thought I might miss or want to carry over, as, as, uh, as Jason was saying, that I had kind of sketched out before we started. And we, we covered everything on my list, but I think to me it was interesting, the similarities in all of our lists. Because the only thing that I had on my list that I didn't personally mention was the, the sort of the flow and the seamlessness of, of the worship service. That's something Chris and I have talked about for a long time of, of trying to make sure it's this kind of seamless experience for the in-person stuff. And it is much easier to do that online. But um, you had mentioned that, Rachel. So so sounds like we have very similar lists and hopefully we can continue in spirit or practice some of these things that we have, have experienced and, and can carry over some of these lessons that we've learned, as Jason said, both as a collective corporate group and as individuals as we continue to strive to, to be worshipful people being formed in, in the image of Christ. So Rachel, Jason, thanks for, for spending this time with me this afternoon and, and thinking about some of this stuff. It's always good to talk to y'all. You too. It's been fun. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I miss being on the podcast and it's good to be back. It Doesn't it make you feel like a celebrity a little bit? I mean, you already said you're in the elite class. So now that you're back on the podcast, you feel like a celebrity. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my, uh, my voice goes out worldwide simultaneous. So sure. Incredible. Well, on that note, Jason, Mr. Celebrity, do you want to close us in prayer? I would be honored to do so. Our Heavenly Father, we are humbled and we are amazed by the works that you, uh, that you demonstrate to us every day. We must turn to you in times of distress, and yet we, we only choose to do so as a last resort. Lord, I ask that you will open our hearts, that you open our minds, that you open our spirit, that we may turn to you at all times, in times of joy and in times of distress, in times of sorrow and in times of, uh, of exhilaration. God, uh, this year has been difficult for many millions of people for many different reasons. And God, I, I pray your hand of comfort, your hand of peace, your hand of healing upon the individuals, upon the communities, uh, upon the nations that uh, have experienced that distress. I pray that as we, as a church, prepare to resume in-person, in-person services, that you will... Um, guide us, that you will provide wisdom, um, that we will look not to our own uh, desires, but upon uh, the desires that you have for us and our community. Um, and God, I, I pray that you bless Warren uh, and Rachel and uh, the staff and the elders at the Vine. I pray that you guide the 
uh, leaders of the community and the people who make decisions about um, uh, about the municipalities and about the schools um, that we can uh, hear your wisdom flowing through them whether they know it or not be with us Lord keep us safe uh, keep us humble keep us focused on you and especially focused on serving your people in every walk of life and in every point on the earth. And it's in your son's name we pray.